Welcome into another Q&A questions in alcohol where we talk all things alcohol related, whether it's food, drink, art, or more in Kentucky and beyond. And today we're going beyond Kentucky and pretty much beyond the U.S. If you really think about it all the way down to, to Mexico, we have the co-founders of De Nada Tequila, Danny Neeson and Adam Millman. Guys, welcome in. Thank you very much for having us. Great to be here. Did, did I say it correctly, uh, Adam? Because I screwed it up like 10 times. Before yes, we, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> I'm glad when it counted, I, I could pull through. So, um, now, Danny is the uh, co-founder president. Adam, you're the co-founder CEO. But uh, before we kind of get into Daynada, can you tell a little bit about yourselves and just kind of your, your background on, on all this uh, fun stuff that you're doing now? Yeah, um, so I've, I've been born and raised uh, in New York. Um, been living here my whole life. I went to Fordham Prep High School in the Bronx, and I kind of took my, my talents in college to, to New Orleans, the great, one of the greatest cities ever, and uh, went to Tulane University, and I was a theater major, but I had like a love for entrepreneurship, and I met Adam our, our uh, freshman year in a cool creative industries class, and kind of we just met and, and kind of shared our core values on like entrepreneurship and life and all that kind of stuff, and we, we pledged the same fraternity. Um, and, you know, zap like five, six years ahead. And here we are in the city just working on a tremendous brand that we're really proud of and, you know, couldn't be more excited to be here. Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised in Rockland County, New York. It's a suburb about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. Like Danny said, met in freshman year and friends ever since became business partners our freshman year as well with the clothing line called Pine Outfitters and eventually started Denata together our junior year. And four years later, got to launch our product and now we're based in New York and really excited to be here. I was going to say, is it kind of different to be friends and business partners? Because, I mean, I feel like there could be some uh, some arguments, uh, so to speak, on, on things. Not, I don't want to say like in a bad way, but, you know, it's your, your friends. And at the end of the day, you, you don't always want to ruin a friendship either. No, I mean, I think that everyone says don't go into business like with your friends. I, I think it really... You know, I think that it, that depends, of course, like you don't want to sacrifice like a friendship, like with a business, but me and Adam have a fantastic dynamic and, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of like introverted in a way where we kind of see beyond like, you know, uh, all those kind of quarrels you can have as friends or in the business. I mean, me and Adam both have like, like separate talents that like really kind of work together like beautifully. So we kind of share the exact same vision and we're always like honest guys. And I think that's, what's important is like open dialogue and being honest and transparent. So for us, it's been, it's been awesome and definitely a great ride for sure. It makes it fun. You know, it's like every, every day is different and you know, when we're working every day and doing things, it's, it's always nice to have a friend next to you just to, you know, to ride through it with. Well, and then, you know, obviously you guys launched a tequila company, Daynata. How did that come about? And did it really start in your dorm room in Tulane? I mean, is that, were you selling bottles out of the dorm room or how did it exactly go? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we definitely not out of the dorm room yet. Cause I think we, we might get in trouble for that. But we, <laughs> we, we, when we were there, we started that clothing brand Pine Outfitters. So me and Adam had a very, uh, you know, strong belief in ourselves that we could, you know, create a brand and create like a, a company that was about authenticity and giving back. And that's what we kind of came up with with Pine, but we really felt like as a consumer, you know, need in the market for a tequila that stood for authenticity and craftsmanship and accessibility, because at the time you're either 
you know, buying expensive bottles of tequila, which you, you know, no one really wants to do when you're at a young age. And then you're kind of stuck with the lower tier, kind of not the best quality and like not that expensive. And you're kind of left with that. So we felt like there is definitely a middle ground to have a tequila that stood for those amazing values while being accessible, you know, to the, to the world and to our demographic. So we, we really felt like there was an opportunity there. It wasn't kind of a, a decision based off of like trying to be cool and create a, a, a tequila brand. Of course, our passion was in tequila, but it was, a, we were led with an, a, that opportunity. And we really were like, like just, we had like an amazing moment. It's like, wow, like I, there is a lot of white space for this. So we kind of just plucked along and, and worked hard in school and kind of just step-by-step step. and it's, it's been a long road, but really, really like awesome to, to be here for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been an evolution. I mean, junior year, when we first had the idea, we spent many nights building the business plan out. You know, our friends would be out partying and we would sometimes stay in and really work on this and, you know, sip some tequila, really understand the market. Uh, we, we had the pleasure of meeting so many amazing people in the industry in New Orleans and through our school at Tulane, we got connected to a bunch of industry players. And it's, it's one of those things that it kind of built itself over time. And I'm so glad we started it back then because there's so much we didn't know. And we really, I think, took our time and came up with such an amazing product after four years, um, did it the right way instead of just rushing into it. Well, and I was going to say, you, you came up with a, a, a nice name, nice label, everything's shown off a couple of bottles here. What, what's in the name? Because I feel like, you know, it never hurts to start off uh, well with a good, a good name that kind of sets you apart. No, definitely. Well, so thank you very much for, for loving the name. We're, we're really <laughs> Um, the name was, is like a huge gift to us. I mean, we really thought like first when we were developing the whole brand of, of Denata, we felt like, oh, like, you know, crap, this name's going to be taken, whatnot. I mean, we, we managed to secure like the trademark for, for Denata, which was awesome. And it really kind of encapsulates what our brand is about. Like Denata is like of nothing. It's your welcome. And our, our ethos of the brand is, is giving to our consumer a product that's honest, that's a lot of, a lot of passion and love has been put into it. It's accessible. You know, we stand for sustainability and, and our roots. So it's like, it, it's a brand that you shouldn't have to think about. It's, it's a brand that you know what you're getting. It's quality. It's there. It's accessible. So Donato's like, you know, you're welcome. It, it's of nothing. This is on us kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And, and whose idea was it? We, so we actually... We had the concept for tequila initially, right? We, we knew what we wanted to do. Uh, we felt in the category of tequila, there weren't many additive-free tequilas that were made the proper way, but at an accessible price point. Uh, at first, we, we were contemplating other names. We worked with an amazing branding person um, who kind of helped us strategize and formulate everything. And we, we came to a point where we felt Denata was right for the brand. And we haven't looked back ever since. I, I think the name really shows what Denata is about. And it fits the brand. It's not something to be taken too seriously. It's, you know, there's some brands of this quality that, that are really high priced and, you know, very somewhat pretentious for, for us. It's supposed to be available for all. And, and we want to bring that quality to, to everybody. And how shocked were you guys that that was available? <laughs> Cause I mean, I feel like someone along the way should have thought ahead, I guess. It'd been like, I'm, I'm saving that for later. No, I'm definitely, it was, I, I mean, we were definitely shocked at first, but, then it was like when it was available and we were able to secure the name, it was like, it was kind of written in the stars. It just was like, wow, like we've been given this opportunity to do something great. Um, 
And now that we have, you know, Donata and all that, let's, let's, let's take it to the moon and beyond. Well, and then, you know, obviously you had another great opportunity with uh, the tonight show and, and Jimmy Fallon and being able to showcase that. How, how fun was that? And how, I, I mean, to me, that's like the best way to market in terms of uh, brand availability or identity in terms of uh, cost to uh, probably what came about. No, it's, it's, having opportunities like that is always really special. I mean, we luckily were able to be on the ball drop with Andy Cohen and CNN. Um, we have a great relationship with them. So to be able to see Donata kind of on like the world stage under the bright lights and, and reaching millions of people is always an amazing feeling. I mean, we're so thankful for that and just to kind of show what, what our brand's about. And I think it's weird as an entrepreneur, it's, I think it's amazing to when you see those moments, it feels fantastic, but you're always like researching for the next high, you know, it's like you, it starts off like, okay, you get that the LLC and you get the name and you see the bottle for the first time. And then you see it in the bar for the first time. Like those are all moments that, you know, you chase. So when you see like the things on like Fallon and stuff, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just like, it's, it's mind blowing. So it's, I think for us, it was important to just be like, look, look, enjoy this moment as it is. And like, I, I it was, it's definitely, it was awesome for, for sure. It's great. It's crazy to see. I mean, we've been in the market for about a year now and just the way we started self-distributing Dan and I going door to door, selling ourselves to eventually getting a distribution deal with empire in New York. Uh, and then seeing that with the national exposure and everything, it, it's really reaffirming to what we're doing as a brand. And it's it's very encouraging for going forward to see the amount of support nationwide and, and the amount of eyes that we've now been able to show it to. Well, and, you know, at the end of the day, what what's in these these bottles is really what matters. I mean, you can have the greatest exposure and, and everything, but at the end of the day, how did you all go find go about finding the right you know place to make this and, and put the right stuff in it? How, how was that journey like? The... So on the back of every tequila bottle, there's a four-digit code called the Gnome, and that tells you the distillery it's made at. Uh, we actually, we work with this amazing app called Tequila Matchmaker, which basically you could type in any Gnome and see where all your tequilas are made, also if they're additive free and whatnot. So I definitely encourage people to check that out. But we, we were always fans of the Vivancos who distill our tequila. You know, they're, they're superstars in the industry. They've been around for five generations. And they do everything the proper way. Uh, no shortcuts taken. They have their own agave farms. So when we went down there, we, we had about 10 distilleries that we were very, you know, very big fans of, we wanted to meet with them in person and understand them and see if there'd be mutual uh, synergies there. But it, it, we really hit it off with them. You know, the, the Bavanco family is just amazing. We have shared values and their tequila is really special. So we're lucky to have found that home there. It's, it's amazing. And I, I think the, the quality is really hard to beat. Definitely. And just to add in with that is like, you know, when we went to Mexico, we were very sensitive to the fact that, like, there's tons of, uh, you know, the, the, the market's starting to get saturated. And you, we don't, by any means, want to, to come across as, as, like, a fad brand, a brand that's taking advantage. We went down there really trying to understand and, and uh, the, the, the whole tequila process and meet with family distillers, meet with farmers and, and hear their stories, like, hear the, the, their, the history of tequila. And that's a big part of, of our brand is, is that honesty that uh, and i use that word authenticity all the time because when we went there there's a difference between a family distiller and like a more kind of corporate uh you know distillery that pumps out hundreds and hundreds of brands and for us it was important to find a family uh, that 
really cared about their heritage, the tequila, the recipes and stuff. And, and that's a, a big part of our story. So to work with the Vivancos is a blessing for us. And we're, we're just honored to be able to work with them. And, and they see our vision and we kind of just work together on, on delivering a great tequila for the world. And then, you know, you, you mentioned too, you wanted to go additive free tequila. How, how is that different? And especially with the process that everything go, goes through, how does that make everything so different? And and then what's the end result of, of all that? There's, there's actually, a, there's a big issue right now in, in tequila. And a lot of brands are producing so much volume that they start to take shortcuts. And there's many shortcuts that are being taken, one of which is uh, farmers are harvesting agave prematurely. You know, usually it takes about seven to 10 years for agave to be fully mature. Some are pulling it out four to five years in. And to compensate for, you know, for all that stuff, they use diffusers, which are these large conventional ovens, uh, which basically strip the agave of all of its natural properties. And, and essentially, it's more like a vodka. So they add back additives into there and artificial colorings and stuff like that to make it taste like tequila and taste extra sweet, all that stuff. But a proper tequila shouldn't have that, should have no additives, and it should be made with either a brick oven or autoclave. And that's the way Donato is made. And, and uh, Danny could get more into this. It's, it's really, it's fascinating what's going on now. So we're trying to change that perception. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's, there's over 1,500 brands, and, and there's only 61 that are uh, certified additive-free. Um, and it actually, it, it tastes different than a lot of the other tequilas. I mean, now there's a perception that tequila has to have like a harsh taste and like a strong, you know, entry. And then like the finish just burns all the way through, but additive free tequila is really smooth and you're able to taste beautiful notes of agave and citrus and some like brininess and stuff. So when people try Donata, it's like, Whoa, this is really smooth. I've never tasted something like it. And we're trying to educate the consumer that this is how tequila should be made and is the proper way you know, not having any of those artificial colorings, any added sugars or caramel or vanilla. And, and it's, it's, it's game changing. And when you t tell like a drinker, like this is how it's made. It, it, I always say like our product and our juice is like having a, a, a second sales rep. It talks, it stands on its own. It, it doesn't need a lot of explaining because the juice is there and it's so welcoming. So it, we're, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say, I mean, is there a, when, when you're, you're telling, it's one thing when you're actually now able to be out and about telling folks that, is it hard to get folks to at least maybe give you guys a chance at the beginning or, or once they do, obviously things change because they get to see that and see the difference. But how did that part of it go? Because I always feel like that's the toughest part about launching because you got to have a lot of capital, a lot of, you know, push behind, behind things to, to get people to, to see, see a brand and break through. Cause as you mentioned, there's tequila is a very booming, um, 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 spirit right now so yeah you have to be persistent it's it's one of those things where you, you'll get a lot of no's I mean it, that goes for anybody looking to start a brand um, and a lot of people already have these preconceptions about what a good tequila should taste like uh, and, and that's not their fault that's that's what the market's been feeding them but I think over time once we get people to try our product they start to really gravitate towards it and we've noticed a lot more yeses lately than no's for that reason, you know, pe people are starting to catch on to the, the whole additive free movement with Denata and other brands similar to us. And it, you just got to always keep your head up and keep pushing through and no's are, are part of it. But if you get people to try it, that's really where quality will come in and win at the end. And then, yeah. And then also there's just the, 
the aspect from us being boots on the ground here in New York, a big part of our kind of launch kind of strategy was to, you know, be based in New York, which we are, and, and just show a lot of face and build those relationships. And when a bar owner, a restaurant owner, a liquor store owner sees like the passion and vision coming from us, and, you know, this is what we've been working on our, in our vision. It's, we get a, a fantastic response from that. And a lot of people in the industry, for them, it's refreshing to see brand owners out there hustling, telling their story. And there's, you know, there's, it's, it's always great to, to, to build those connections for us. And we've been giving like such a, a lot of great chances and opportunity. And once we get that foot in the door, then the tequila does the work. Of course, like we, we support and all that, but the tequila is so good that once we're in a bar, it's like, whoa, like, it's, it's doing great. So we're just trying to be a brand that follows through, sticks to our word and, you know, keeps it going. Well, and I feel like too, uh, when you think additive free, um, in addition to, you know, getting some better quality taste, I mean, there are, there's other benefits too, if I, if I'm not mistaken, you, you know, a lot of those additives can make the next day not feel so great for folks. Yeah, no, I know. Exactly. That's the thing. I think the biggest, everyone said the biggest no, no is everyone says like, and you hear sometimes is, Oh, this, this, uh, spirit or this tequila doesn't give you a hangover. Like every spirit will give you a hangover if you drink a lot of it. But what I will say is any kind of, you know, spirit or tequila or anything that has added sugars um, and additives to it, you're, you're going to be left more dehydrated because you're, you're, all these sugars are penetrating, you know, uh, you know, you're all, I can't get scientific about it, but it's like when you have something that's organic and made the right way, it kind of helps alleviate some of those, you know, hangover feelings the next day. If it's like, you're enjoying a proper product, you know? Um, so yeah. As far as just to add one point, as far as additives go, you can legally have up to 1% worth of additives per tequila batch. Um, and usually people don't get anywhere near that because they're so highly concentrated. Uh, but we don't really know what those additives are. I mean, we know, we know some of them, but there's, there's a lot of different possibilities and I don't, I don't think you have to disclose everything. So with the tequila matchmaker platform, they actually do an independent auditing of each distillery and each brand that wants to have verified additive free on their platform. And essentially that's the only way right now we could actually regulate what tequilas have additives and what do not. Well, and, and then, like you said, you guys have been able to, to, to break through some of that noise and, and sh- showcase the, this awesome product. Where, where can folks currently find Denata? They could, uh, so if you go on our website, denatatequila.com, you could uh, go to our shop page. It's available on Reserve Bar and Drizzly. Uh, it's, it's in about 22 states nationwide. How was that process? Because I, I know talking to just anyone in this industry, whether it's bourbon, beer, anything, how much fun is it trying to, to get into new market, new markets? Because I, I swear it's 22 different little, uh, or not little, but major governments that all have, I feel like, different ways of doing things. Yeah, I, I should clarify. It's that, so that's, that's online, uh, but we're actually only available in uh, New York, in New Jersey, and Connecticut starting in April as of now. Uh, so online via reserve bar, you could order it. Uh, but, but you're right. It is, it is def- definitely market by market. It's difficult with distribution. And you really got to look at it on a case-by-case basis with, with where you're scaling to. And then I, I guess my, my last question to finish this up, obviously you have the, uh, the silver, Blanco, and then you have the Resposado. Uh, what's, what's next for you guys in 2022? And, and kind of what are you hoping for uh, this year? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're looking to, you know, to expand uh, slowly but surely. Right now we're in New York, New Jersey. Um, we're launching in Connecticut in April, and we're hoping to, to expand to other states um, down the line, which, you know, hopefully will be, you know, California and Texas and Louisiana. These are all in the, the pipeline for us. And eventually we would, our, our goal is to launch in Inyeho. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. The Inyeho would be beautiful. This is stuff we're kind of like working on now, but we're really, really excited to, to keep showing Donata to the world and what it stands for. Well, well, Adam and Danny, I, I appreciate you guys sharing your story. And, you know, it's amazing what can happen in dorm rooms. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're not partying, you can put together a great business plan and, and come come through with some some great things. And, and I appreciate you all sharing that with us. Uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan.